Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. There's one Lord, there's one King. Come on, sing it, declare it, proclaim it. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. his name the name the name that is above Jesus it's above every name there's power in the name thank you Jesus come on someone shout Jesus someone shout Jesus Jesus someone shout Jesus there's power in the name in the name that is above every name Come on, he's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Come on, give someone a high five. Tell them it's good to see him in church this morning. Get your Bibles. We're starting a new series, Our King and Kingdom. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? Are you ready? Josh, you ready? King and Kingdom. Thank you, worship team. Thank you. Ryan just got back from Disneyland. Is this the happiest place or is that now? There you go. Good answer. Good answer. No place like church. Oh my goodness. I hate Disneyland, but some people love it. Amen. All right. I just need one of those fast, you know, those places you don't have to wait in line. That's what I need. I can't do lines. Jesus is moving. Amen. I can't stop when Jesus is moving in those lines. But one of the biggest uh, pieces of advice I got in my life in um, getting ready to start a church was don't build a church that you don't want to be in. And um, I'm, I'm happy to say that I love our church. I love our church. It was because you might be building something for somebody else and then they end up not wanting it or liking it and you not end up liking it and wanting it and then everybody's miserable. So everything starts with you. Salvation is individual. You need it for you and then you extend it to one other person that becomes one. Then you build a family. You must build on biblical principles, but you must like it. Faking takes too much energy. Well, that's why when people come to our church, I'm like, hey, it's a relational church. Just let pretense fall off. Just let God speak. Just build some relationships. It's from the inside out. And just let the Holy Spirit connect you. It's a Holy Spirit thing. Even though we have something to, to say and to do, and as a part of that, we set the stage. Amen? Um, and so we're, we're going we're gonna to delve into uh, something that's a bit above my pay grade. Amen? We're going to talk about the kingdom. The kingdom is, 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 a, is, a, is, a, is a big one um, because there's some theological thin ice. There's some, however you like to, there's some theological conundrum. There's some, there's some sovereignty issues, and then he's sovereign. He's our sovereign, right? He's our king. And then there's some free choice 
stuff. And we spend a lot of time, human theology, which is not great theology, is spends a lot of time around how those two mixes. Well, you know, if God decides and he predestines and based upon his foreknowledge, and then if you choose to reject and receive that, this is what happens. And there's five paths that will happen after you reject his sovereignty. I don't know. I don't like to spend a lot of time in that. My job is to theologize, is to reveal scripture, to reveal Jesus, to reveal who God is. Good preaching ought to leave you excited and full of faith about who God is. That's my job. My job is that you leave this place with Philippians 4.13, I think it's Philippians 4.13, coursing through your body, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All of the things, it's not my job. Now you might pick up some cool little steps and some principles and some truths that help you with all the things. That's on you. Go get some word with the things that you need to do. My job is that you leave this place going, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's for me. He, He loves me. I'm saved. I'm bought by the blood, the Holy Ghost. That's what church is. Amen? All right, you cool with that? Is that good? No offense yet. I might have offended a few people for service, especially there was a lot of babies, which I love babies. I need you to talk to the moms and the babies in first service and tell them that Isaac loves all the babies. Amen? I love the orphans. I love the babies. I love everybody, okay? I love, there was just a moment and then everybody just like turned and I was like, hey, it's okay. The babies are cool. Let the babies come to Jesus. This is family church. We have spaces and places for kids and nursing moms. And, but sometimes just, you just family isn't here. And it's a little loud. So I was simply just trying to refocus everybody. But please tell them if you see them that I love them and I love the babies. And tell them to come back next week, okay? All right. I love the babies, Josh. I love the babies. I love the babies. We got babies coming. Revival babies everywhere. Our king and kingdom. I don't know where to start this kingdom. The kingdom starts um, in eternity. The kingdom has always been. Again, my task today is to just start imperfectly on this large, this idea, this reality, this truth called kingdom. And it's something that we wrestle with because what, whether you know this or not, you are wrestling with a truth that exists whether you believe it or not. You're doing life with people that... B- whether they believe it or not, it is what it is, and it can slightly come across very arrogant, but don't blame me. It's, it's, I'm just, I just came to realization that a kingdom, his kingdom, exists through Jesus. None of us have seen the Father except through Christ. So Christ came to reveal uh, the, the heavenly kingdom, and as Christ followers, I am simply receiving the kingdom, hopefully on the daily, and the cry and prayer of my heart is, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're going to talk about kingdom for a little bit. Is that cool? And he is the king. He is the king above all kings. He isn't like a king. He is king. He is, when you sing King Jesus, that's not a metaphor. Oh, it's King Jesus. That's what we call him sometimes. No, 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 no. And then sometimes he's baby Jesus. And then sometimes he's, no one talks about toddler Jesus. This Easter, I'm going to talk about toddler Jesus. Amen. Bring someone to church. King Jesus. He's not like a king. He is a king. It's not like a kingdom. It is, whether you believe it or not, whatever religion you have or don't have, he is King. And so we, we wrestle with this, this, this truth within Christianity that I'm called to present and offer to you the reality, 
the truth, there isn't my truth, your truth, there is the truth, the truth that Jesus Christ is one. That's why when you sing one way, this isn't an exclusive song of Buddhists suck and Hindus suck and Christians are right. No, that, that would be weird. Everybody worship me. Do you notice when you worship the reality of the King Jesus, it's not your worship, it's the fact that you are aligning to truth. He is worthy to be praised. Every knee will bow. Why? He ain't trying to be king. He is king, right? He is. So we wrestle with this humility of being revealed. Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but your heavenly Father has revealed. So now we take this revelation that has been given to us by the Father through the Holy Spirit, believing in the Son, Jesus, bringing us back to Father, restoration, the establishment of the kingdom, the fall of the kingdom. But in accordance with Carrie, we are in some way, some people, I don't talk about Satan enough. Some people, we talk about Satan too much, but you just need to understand there are some things, whatever you believe or not, that there are some lies that have crept into the kingdom. That's why we cannot believe what Satan says about God. That's where this all started. Hey, Eve, let me tell you about this guy. Uh, you know what? Did, what did he say? That, that is what we are dealing with, trying to expose the lies of the enemy so truth can set us free. It's why We love horses. It's why we love, it's why we love fantasy, to be honest with you. It's why we love castles and kingdoms and princes. And it's why it's, it's, it's video games. There's, 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 you are wired for something. You're wired for kingdom. You're wired for glory. Not your glory, his glory. The problem is the kingdom is not forced. So I want to start this morning. I'm going to get right into it is with a king so bad and rad as our king, he's not a king that says, worship me, peasant. Bow, serf. No, he's worthy all by himself. He does not force his kingdom upon you. You must welcome and want him into your life. And that's what I want to speak about this morning. You must welcome and want the king and kingdom in your life. You've been sold some bad lies some bad Chinese food theology through the enemy. And we walk around saying it. Well, you know, if God wants, you know, if God wants it, he'll do it. Really? Because we got an interesting story this morning about this, the, the reign of kings in our Bible this morning, that God did not stop them for what they wanted. They wanted a king and God said, no. And they said, yes. And God said, okay, so let's wrestle with this a little bit this morning. Hold on. God will give me what I want. Yeah. You better get your want right. And, well, if the Lord wants me to be saved, he'll save me. Mm, he already did. We have got to reveal the kingdom. We come across so insecure. He is real. God's real. Serve him. Come to church. Our king's like this big, like, wah, wah. Well, babes in Toyland king. Our king has revealed himself to us. Whoo, kingdom. Oh, one way. Your spirit just... He goes, reveal that kingdom to people. Reveal in a way that's not forced upon them through fear of condemnation. Reveal the king and kingdom the way I revealed it to you. And I do not force myself. I reveal, I love, I go after, I search. But the king that is in control does not control. First Samuel chapter eight. Let's get into it this morning. 
First Samuel chapter eight, verse one. As Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons to be judges over Israel. And they held court, but they were not like their father, for they were greedy for money. They accepted bribes and perverted justice. Finally, all of the elders of Israel met at Ramah to discuss the matter with Samuel. Look, Samuel, they said, you're old. That's awesome. I love this though. Samuel's not perfect, but he's not defensive. Hey, listen, I'm not that. What do you mean old? And your sons are not like you. In other words, you're a failure as a father. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. Samuel was displeased with their request and went to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to you. The Lord replied, for they are not rejecting me, for they are rejecting me and not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods, and now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. We're going to catch some kingdom culture. This is going to be exhaustive and extensive and perfectly taught and preached and prophesied, but there's going to be some things you're going to pick up about the kingdom and a thirst and a hunger is going to come upon you from the word of God to discover the fullness of the kingdom that hopefully in a few weeks, our prayer will be, will be your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. See, it already is in heaven. It's not trying to be. It is. We just want the establishment of his reign and his kingship and his kingdom in my earth on our earth. Amen. Do as they ask, but warn them. He's not passive aggressive. He doesn't speak fear, but he does give warnings. So Samuel passed on the Lord's warning to the people who were asking him for a king. Well, this is how a king will reign over you, Samuel said. The king will draft your sons and assign them to chariots and, and on and on and on in verse 17 or verse 18. And when that day comes, you will beg for relief From this king you are demanding, but then the Lord will not help you. But the people refused to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so, we still want a king. I still want to live the way I want to live. I've seen it in other people, and this is what I want. And if God wants to stop me, he can. can. He can. If God wants me to, you know, do this, then he can. But, But right now, I want a king. I want to live this way. I want to do this. I want to say this. And this is how it's going to be. And God's like, okay. We think God will stop us all the time. Have you ever like sinned full on? And you're like, he let me. And sometimes we're like, okay, then I guess it's okay. It's not that bad. It's no big, if God wanted me to go to church, you know, he would, would he? Has he already? We want to be like the nations around us. We want, we want. Ooh, I want to talk about your want. What do you want? What do you want? We want, we want, we want. We don't want what God wants. We want to be like other nations. Our king will judge us and lead us into battle. I love the flesh because it's so absolute. It's just like, well, this is what's going to be. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be happy. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We're just going to live together. We're just going to talk. We're just gonna be, it'll be fine. I'll just live this way. I'll just do that. I'll say this. I'll just kind of, you know, be, I'll just, I can harbor that and gossip about that and not forgive that and worship this way and read my Bible in this way and do this and do that. And it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Okay. And God, remember going, is that what you want? Oh, is that, is that what you want? I just want to be liked. Come on. I just want to be liked. Is that what you want? You just want to be liked? I just want to be successful. You just want to be successful? Is that what you want? I just want money. Just want money? That's all you want? You just want money? God might allow you to get it at the end of it. You're like, what happened? Well, the want was wrong. The want was wrong. 
Where did you get that? Where did you get that want? That's what I want to dig in today. Where did you get that want? Did you get it from somebody? Did you get it from the world? Did you get it from something you see? Did you get it from a... God help us that we aren't getting wants from Netflix shows and giving the entirety of our life to something that at the end, it's not going to be what we thought we wanted. And so right now, by grace and through the word, we say, God, reveal the wants that are driving my life because it's not just decisions that are ruining my destiny. Underneath that are passions and wants and desires that are directing my decisions. Something is directing your decisions. And oftentimes it's too late. I don't want to live my life and go, hey, babe, my bad in our marriage. Wow. (laughs) My bad. 80 years old. Yeah, honestly, sorry, babe. God, change my wants this morning. Change my wants this morning. Change my wants this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We love you so much. Thank you for what you're doing. God, just take over this place. You're already moving. You're healing. You're working. God, we just want to see you. We just want your word in this place, Lord, to reveal, Lord, to divide soul and spirit, to shed light. God, to set us free in Jesus' name. Be preeminent in this place. Take over this place and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. So this Christmas, I was talking to Carrie, and I was like, babe, what do you want? That's our word, right? What do you want? And she's like, I want to go to the Nutcracker. And there are sometimes as a husband, you just, you just, you just, awesome, let's go. Sounds amazing, Nutcracker, right? You don't go in and negotiate. You don't tell them, well, baby, you sure you don't? You, you, you just, sometimes you just take out the garbage. You, you just, sometimes you just shut up and say yes, amen? Do you wish you had a partner that just said yes more? Amen, don't raise your hands. All right, so just yes. I just want to say yes. I just want to say yes, Lord, and yes, babe. We're going to the Nutcracker. So we brought Sarah and Kyle, and um, that was the best part of the whole um, trip. It felt like a trip, even though it was one night. Um, so you know how night, the nights kind of go? Like, I'm not superstitious, just a little stitious, and sometimes things just go a certain way, right? Traffic, and everything just kind of goes wrong. You spill coffee, right, on your white pants. Who wears white pants? I don't wear white pants, but I still spill coffee. I'm trying to get through this. It's 12.07. So we were driving. We got traffic, and, and we had to change our reservations. And uh, again, we were living an old memory. You ever lived, reenacted an old memory 20 years ago when we were dating? We went to the Chart House in Portland, and we ordered the sea bass, which was amazing, and then we went to the Nutcracker, right? So we're kind of a 20-year throwback. All right. Well, we get there. They changed our table. We were kind of sitting with the old people. I mean old, 120, 130 Samuel old, right? Were there dinner reservations? I'm kind of an old man. I like to eat dinner at like 4.30 something. These guys started dinner at 3.30. They're ending at 5 o'clock. So we're stuck back with the walkers and all the things. And we're kind of in the back part of the chart house. We're like, this is cool. You ever just lie to yourself? Or you speak faith, right? You're speaking faith. So your wife's having a good time. This is amazing. This is the best part of the restaurant. And you can't see anything. It's supposed to be a city view. And so anyways, and then we get to the Keller, I think. And they got all the COVID stuff. They got lines on lines on lines on lines. We're just like, well, no one told us we need to come five hours early to get in. So we had to go through all the rigmarole. And we finally get in there. I kid you not, we are walking in and we are staring at the door and they just close them right in front of us. And I was like, it's okay, I got tickets in there. The price has been paid. It's okay. I got the ticket. They're like, it doesn't matter, you're late. And she literally looked at me like and said I was late. I was like, excuse me, no, all your people out there made me wait for two hours. I was early. Please. She was like, You're late. If all the late people to the opera have to or opera, ballet, go up in there. So we had to go up to the space. And I'm just sitting there and we're just kinda like, 
I look over. I think Sarah was crying. She was enjoying it. She was definitely enjoying the Nutcracker. We came down. They finally gave us our seats that we had paid for. And uh, I was looking around, and I'm just kind of watching it. I was a little bit flustered. I was trying to just have a good attitude for my wife. And um, all of a sudden, like, these half-naked men come out in tights. And I'm just watching these men dance around. And they're like, you know, they're just they're doing the... And they're just built. They're just like these really strong men and you can see everything. And so I'm like, is this why Carrie wants to come to the Nutcracker? Like, like, what's my life? Why aren't we just watching Netflix? What happened? What's going on? And so we watched the Nutcracker. I'm a little confused because I look around and it was already a weird atmosphere. Everyone's got masks and all you see is eyes, right? There's like nakedness and then just eyes. And you're like, what is wrong with our generation? You know, like, I thought this was PG. Like, this is, this is, is this legal? Is this like, and so we leave the Nutcracker, I pick up my kids, we're taking Sarah and Kyle home, and of course, of course, the way the night was going, we, you know, someone hit us. And so someone came barreling down and hit the front of our car, and uh, there's a bunch of pot-smoking kids, thank you, Jesus, and they come out of the car, and it's like, man, I'm so sorry, man. This guy comes, he's like hugging me, I'm just like, bro, and I did feel the love of a father, just come on him, I'm just like, it's okay. Just show me your insurance card, okay? Just, yeah, I want to take a picture of it, yeah. And the police are coming. I, hey, I'll come here. Take, bring it in. Bring it in. And so we got home, and um, I was like, did you like it? Is that what you wanted? <laughs> I didn't say it in a mean way, you know? I just like, what did you think? What did you, and she's like, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't, I didn't want that. I, 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 I said, well, yeah, no, no. I, we had, it was actually a lovely conversation of redemption for myself, but it was mostly based on what did you want? And, and, and Carrie began to describe, I, don't, I didn't know what I wanted, to be honest with you. The last two years have been so crazy. Sometimes our wanter meter is off. Like, I don't know if I just want away from the kids, if I want to be out with some friends, or maybe I do want to be at the ballet, or maybe I do want to be at the opera, right? Sometimes you're like, do I like opera? I mean, it looks cool in the movies, but do I want to go hear high-pitched screaming in a foreign language? I don't know. How long is it, right? Have you ever watched an old movie? You're like, yeah, let's watch that old movie. And you're like, wow, things have changed in 20 years. Like, cinematography has changed. That camera angle is like five minutes set. I'm like, I'm bored. Like, can we not watch this? You know, but if you're an hour in, it's, I need to get to the word. Um, what do you want? And it was, it was, it, it, it's, in, it's intense work when you begin to figure out, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's friendship. I don't know if it's, if it's a date with you. I don't know if it's an adventure. I don't know. Transition of seasons, which is what we're in. We're in a transition of seasons. We're coming out, but you got to go in. Just because you come out does not mean you got to go in. So we're trying to take, whew, we're trying to take our families and we're trying to take our, 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 our mental health. We're trying to take our lives, our souls, our kids, our families, our friendships, our churches, our ministries. And we're trying to go in and it's like, let's go to the Nutcracker. And we're like, well, I don't know if that was it. And I don't know what I want. D- discovering what you want is actually tough work. I-, I wish it was just as easy as preaching one sermon, but, but what you want is actually a long journey of, of discovering the difference between 
between seeing something or God speaking something and actually allowing God to give me what he wants. It's, 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 it's a lot of, it's a lot of, I guess, walking with God, discovering, Lord, I lay every want at your feet, knowing that, that what you want from my life is a lot better than what I want. And so you learn this thing. And, and our story, the Kings, the reign of Kings, it starts with Samuel. It starts with a prophet. Why? Because prophecy is where things start. And prophetic atmosphere is when you hear the word of God, is when the, and the word of God is allowed to penetrate your heart. And it's, it's seed. It's about seed goes in. It's not mental. It's spirit work. It's soul work. And, 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 so, and so the story of Kings starts with Samuel. And Samuel's unique because not many people get to experience a transition. See, Moses got the people out, but he was not allowed to bring the people in. Only Joshua. God will often raise up someone to bring in the new generation. But Samuel got to see Saul, who is what people chose and man chose. Saul represents the flesh. Saul represents wanting to be liked, wanting to be seen, wanting to please people, wanting to get along with everybody, wanting to be comfortable, wanting compromise and a little bit of Jesus. Saul represents all of that. And then David, once God said, all right, you done? Now I get my time. I'm going to choose who I want. And I have chosen a young boy in Bethlehem who has a heart after my heart. He wants what I want. Saul wants what people want, and David wanted what God wants. And within those two kings represents the transition, and Samuel was the prophet that got to anoint both. <sighs> but it's difficult work. It's difficult work because Samuel is birthed. He's a prophet. Prophetic ministry is what anointed the kings. Prophetic ministry, that's why Paul says, I wish all of you would prophesy. It's what your families need. It's what your kids need. It's a missing ingredient to prophetic atmosphere and bringing the word of God into your home. You got to bring prophetic atmosphere into, that's why you need atmosphere. And that's why you need church because we learn it. Because when you go home to prophesy over your kids and you've got Frank Sinatra, you know, on the, on the radio, it might not work. You might need to set the atmosphere. That's why we sing set the atmosphere. Because sometimes it takes an atmosphere to begin to stir up the prophetic. And so Samuel is a prophet and he, he's birthed out of a miracle. His mom, Hannah, could not conceive kids. She couldn't have kids. She was barren. And so she got prayed, Lord, give me a son. And God gave her a son. And she said, I'll give him to you. He's your Samuel is dedicated wholly to God. And he's raised in the house of a prophet. He's raised in the house of Eli, who's not perfect, but he'll do. He's not perfect, but he will, he will instruct Samuel in what Samuel needs. Samuel needs to hear the voice of God. And so Samuel will, will at some point, uh, in need of Eli to take him to a certain point. There's men and women of God that have brought you to a certain place in your life. And then there's a time where God says, okay, I'm going to take over. I'm now, I don't need you to have to go through, even though it's it's a blessing. It's pastoral ministry. It's teaching. It's parenting. It's all of that. It's mentoring. It's coaching. But I don't want you to have to go through them to get to me. And so this is Samuel. He's the product of, 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 he's a miracle baby. He's a product of prayer. See, this is kingdom. Our kingdom is one of prophetic ministry. It just is. You don't have to like it. It just is. Our, our kingdom is one of prayer and praise because he's worthy to be praised. The, the angels cry, holy, holy, holy. He's glorious. He's wonderful. He's altogether lovely. He is, he's the, he is God. He is our king. He is, he's, there's, there's glory. It's, it's, it's heaven. It's, it's, it's the kingdom. It's, it's Samuel, it's Samuel 
Samuel is allowed, though, to anoint a king the people choose and not what God wants. You know, it's incredible, though. In Deuteronomy, it says this about kings. Deuteronomy 17, verse 14, you are about to enter the land your God, your Lord God is giving you. When you take it over and settle there, you may think we should select a king to rule over us like the other nations around us. If this happens, be sure to select as king the man the Lord your God chooses. God was not against kings. He was just against you choosing what you think you want based upon what other people have. But God allows them. Does that blow your mind? He allows them. We want a king like other people. And so God gave him Saul. And they got Saul. And he wanted certain things of the flesh. And then when that was done, even Samuel, when he went to anoint David, had had Saul in his paradigm. And so when he sees the sons of Jesse, he sees Eliab, he goes, there he is. And God goes, no, you still have the paradigm of Saul on you. You think you know what you want, you, but I don't see as man sees. I see, I see the heart. And so in order to get what God wants, you have got to lay down what you want. And this is the struggle. God, what do I want? Is it, I I thought you put money and success and influence in my heart. And God says, yes, I'm not against kings. I'm just against the way you're about to go about getting what you think you want based upon what other people have. That's not how I operate. I work from the inside out through my word. I need you to lay your wants at the foot of the cross and allow me to give you what I want. I found a boy. I found a lad who wants what I want and I will raise him up as king because you want David as your king. You don't want Saul as your king because Saul wants what he wants and David wants what I want and you want King David ruling over your life. So much so that David pinned Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd king. I shall not want David had no wants besides wanting God. And so when God gets ready to move, he moves. He says, I found somebody. I found somebody. Let me show you how I operate. But he allowed them. He allowed them. And so Samuel gets, boy, he gets born in the house of prophets and the house of God. And he hears the voice of God. And God sets you up with people that will bring you give you what you need. And he gave Eli to Samuel. And Samuel, he says, Eli, did, did, you, did you say something? And Eli says, no, I didn't call you. Get back to bed. And Samuel goes back to bed. And, and God says, Samuel. But he doesn't, he doesn't know, like all of us, wrestling with the voice of God. And he goes to Eli. Because see, when you hear God, you, you hear God oftentimes as, 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 as your teachers and your mentors or your pastors or the people that spoke into your life. When you hear God, you hear them. And so Samuel went to Eli and he said, did you say something? Eli's like, no. And Eli perceived that God was speaking to him. So the third time he goes, go back. And I think is God speaking to you. And so I'm going to teach you because you need teaching. That's why we're having equipping nights. You need, you need equipping. I think one of the, the, the mission statements that God put on our hearts as our church in this season is to encounter Jesus and equip people. To encounter Jesus and equip people. I need to encounter Jesus, right? I need to encounter the presence. But I also need some equipping. And so he needed Eli to, 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 to speak to him and say, okay, here's, here's, here's how you do it. You say, speak, your servant is listening. Speak, your servant is listening. And then God began to speak 
to Samuel. But there comes a point where God now says, I I don't want you to be dependent upon them. I want them to bless you. I want them to take you to a certain place. But at some point, I need to take over. Isaac can bring you to a certain place. The instruments can bring you to a certain place in the service. I can prophesy in this atmosphere. I can preach the word of God. Then at some point, your faith in the word of God has got to then take over. And that's the the place that we find ourselves in, in church or in life. At some point, I can only take you to a certain point and then your faith has to, has to kick in and say, this is my moment where I begin to want what God wants and hear the voice of God for myself. And God begins to raise you up because the kingdom is one of priests. You are a priest. Thank God for the men and women that have gone before you. But God in this season is raising you up, is raising you up to hear his voice and allow God to take over and his kingdom to be established in your life. Amen. And so Eli brings him to a certain point and God says, okay, I want to take over. I want to take over. That's why you got to get under the right mentors and teachers. Some people who have done, done what you want to do have brought you to a certain place, but now you're in a place where you need something more. And so that relationship, honor it, but God might be saying, it's time to let go of that because I'm going to bring you into some new spiritual heritage. Eli can only do so much for you. And now I'm going to connect you to some other people. I'm going to connect you to some new theology that you never knew was out there. It's amazing in my journey how many different camps in the church that I used to kind of look down on because I I knew everything and I was right in everything. And so the faith camp was weird because the faith camp did one little weird thing. Therefore, I was against the faith camp. The word of faith camp is crazy. And then the grace camps, greasy grace, too much grace. I'm going to reject that. And then the prophets, well, the prophets just mess everybody up because they try to go around and prophesy. So you end up rejecting different theologies. By God's grace, he, he, he allows people to come into your life and bring you to a certain place to teach you the voice of God that at some point he'll, he'll realign those relationships because he needs you to get around some mentors, some coaches, some teachers that have done what you want to do. But what do you want to do? Because oftentimes when you don't want really what God has, you just get around a bunch of talkers and you make each other feel better for failing and being insecure. Because what God calls uh, uh, insecurity, he actually calls unbelief. But I would rather not look at my unbelief. I'd rather medicate myself because I have a, a diagnosed disease. I have something that needs to be, you know, that won't allow me to go in. And God wants to heal that and pull that up. And so he'll add different relationships will be provoked and agitated. And we don't do well with transition. I just, can I just go back to Egypt? And God's like, no, 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 I thought you said you wanted the promised land. Oh, they didn't really want it, did they? Oh, they didn't really want it. We want it. No, you don't. The first sign of a giant, and you want to go back to Egypt? Oh, you want leeks and potatoes and comfort. So life, God has a way of exposing what you really want. This is some dicey ground. Are you ready for this? Can you handle this? You might have exactly what you want. I wasn't, I just, forgive me, Father. There's, there's, there's some areas, I'm not saying every year, there's some areas that you have exactly what you want. You have the love, you have the marriage that you actually want. You have the work ethic that you actually want. You have the level of friendships based on your vulnerability, vulnerability and honesty that you, that, you, that you want. And so you have to look at what do I want? What do I want? 
and you fight with, is it the Nutcracker? Is it the Chart House? Is it Netflix? Is it a movie? God, I don't know what I want. I don't know what's going to give me the, the fulfillment. I don't know what is your word. And wrestle with it. And God says, I'll give you prophecy to help you wrestle with it. I'll give you prayer to help you wrestle with it. I'll give you praise to help you wrestle with it. I'll give you pastors to help you wrestle. Then I'll transition you into different a, a, a upgrade in theology because you need someone pouring into your life, helping you establish, be, helping you go into where you've never been before. I'm going to surround you. You're not going to be lonely. I know you might pull an Elijah every once in a while and go, it is it is I alone, Lord, that I'm left. We all feel like the only one in our family that cares. And I go, no, I got 7,000. There's more going on than you could ever imagine. If you'll just get your want right, I will begin to move because that passion will direct the plans of God in your life. So, so he'll send mentors. This is incredible. This is so incredible that 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 the children of Israel never even saw the promised land. They lived their life based on what their pastors said. Don't trust me. I hope you like me, but I hope you know God and know your Bible so that we can have alignment. But, but, but the, the 10 spies, you know, Joshua and Caleb and the 10 other spies, they weren't knuckleheads. They, they weren't some 14-year-old kid in youth group struggling with his identity. It says they were elders. They were pastors. There comes, a, there comes a time in your life where you don't care about your haters anymore because most of the time your haters are underneath you because I never met a hater doing better than me. They're usually underneath throwing rocks up. Where you start, you stop worrying about your haters and you stop, start worrying about the people above you because that might be your lid. That might be your theology. That might be what you believe about God. And so there comes a time. I don't care what people say about me. I care about who's above me, who's pouring into my life because 10 pastors are what blocked a million Israelites out of a promise they never even saw. Someone might be blocking you that you love and you honor. There might be a theology stream that you were tied to, but God says, I'm bringing a fresh stream, not to dishonor them, but to build upon what brought you to this place today. I'm bringing fresh relationships and fresh streams. It's uncomfortable. My phone has never rung more in January than my whole life. New streams. But there's an insecurity in all of us that want to honor our spiritual fathers that gave us everything from the get-go. You know, the starting of this church, man, all I wanted to do was honor my spiritual fathers. That's all I wanted to do. There comes a point where it's not dishonor. It's, you know, that movement that you didn't like, you didn't believe in? I'm going to send someone your way. I'm going to send a book. I'm going to send a video, YouTube. I don't like that preacher. You, you, you need them now. You needed Eli back then. I'm going to give you, I'm going to open some doors for you. But it's going to agitate what you want or what you think you wanted. It's agitating. Do I, do I just want a big church? I just want an Instagram church? Or do I want the kingdom of God in this church? Do I want King Jesus to take over? God, what do I want? What do you want from me? 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 Because you're leading someone and someone is leading you. There's someone being impacted by your decisions. Someone is, 
someone is speaking into your life and forming certain decisions in your life. And you have to understand, someone cannot give you what they don't have. And so they didn't give you theology. They gave you ideology based on their insecurity. Someone cannot give you what they didn't have. The the 10 spies were not able to see for themselves that God wanted them to go in. And so what he'll do is he'll expose it and say, you can't be under grasshopper leadership anymore. (laughs) And don't be a grasshopper for somebody else. Don't be careful when you tell someone, when you lead them and pastor them, especially when it comes to marriage or family or finance. Well, be careful. The first year is tough. Then the seven-year itch. Then the 14-year. Then the 12-year. I hope to God that they don't come under grasshopper leadership, but we tell them they are well able to have the marriage that God has for them. They're well able to live and forgive. They're well able to be vulnerable. They're well able to have a miracle in their marriage. This is why we got to get, what do you want? What do you want? Because someone is following me. So much of what we possess is based on what someone else sees. Joshua got what he wanted. You know what Joshua wanted? Joshua wanted the promised land. Caleb wanted his mountain. You get your want right. God said, I'm going to give it to you. It might take 40 years. But Caleb, remember 40 years later? After God gave the people what they wanted, they wanted to wander. It's maddening that some people want to wander. But 40 years later, Caleb said, I want my mountain. God said, yeah. Joshua said, yeah, go get it. Caleb at 80 years old said, my wants haven't changed. Why? Because when God puts his wants inside of you, it will drive you through the wilderness. It'll drive you through dysfunctional family. It will drive you out of Egypt. It will drive you past the grapes and the Nephilim and the giant. It'll drive you past your enemy. It'll give you strength to possess what God put in there 40 years ago. When he says, when I put my desire in you, Oh, we should have time to preach. All right, let's wrap this up. So Samuel now is, he's old. He's judged Israel. Israel, the elders, the elders, the elders, the elders, the elders. The elders came to him and said, you're old. And you're a failure of a father. We want a king. We want a king. See, oftentimes it's not what people say. It's the motive behind it. Hey, I just wanted to come to you and say that, um, you know, your family talks about you all the time. Be careful what people say, because the motive is just, the motive wasn't about Samuel, and God cleaned that up. Hey, this isn't about you, Samuel. They're rejecting me. You don't have to be a perfect leader. You don't have to be a perfect leader. Samuel wasn't a perfect leader. He wasn't able to raise his kids in the house of God, but he did want what God wanted. He said, God, what's going on here? They, they don't know what they want. They don't know what, how, how do you live with people that don't know what they want? God said, it's okay. Give them what they want. Give them what they want. I'm gonna allow you to give them what they want. And then I'm gonna raise up a king. After this, I'm gonna raise up what I want. I'm a gracious God. I'm not gonna let this go on too far. He's gracious. 
After this, I'm gonna raise up David. I'm gonna raise up someone who wants what I want. Why? Because we're a kingdom of passion. Passion biblically means a desire, a want that you're willing to sacrifice for. That's why we call it the passion of the Christ. He went to the cross because it was his passion. That's what he wanted. Jesus said, I love the world. No one takes my life, I freely give it. I'm not a martyr. No one takes my life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes should not perish but have everlasting life. Why? Because it was the passion of the Christ through the nails and the ridicule and religion and the hate. Jesus said, no one's stopping what I want. This is what I want. I'm not doing it because I have to. I love the world. I love people. I love the world. The cross was the passion of the Christ. And, and Samuel got to anoint David who had, a, who had a passion after God. He wanted what God wanted. He took every other want, revenge towards his brothers and status in life. He took it all and he said, I take all of my wants and I lay it in your presence. I want what you want, God. I want your, I want what you want. I, my heart is after your heart. I want, I want, I want above any, yeah, you have some money and some, some love and some fame, but I take it all. I take it all. I take it all. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because he leads me besides still waters. I take all of my wants and I put it in your presence. And above anything, I want the kingdom of God. I want the presence of God. I want the glory of God. I want heaven to come to earth. I want to praise. I want to pray. I want to prophesy. I want the presence. My passion above anything else is, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't have to do it. I want to do it. I want I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want your glory. I want your kingdom. I want your presence. I want the miracles. I want revival. I want revival. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want your word. I want your word. I want it for me. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want forgiveness. I want revival. I want it. 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 I don't have any other wants. I want it. There's one name. He is the King. He is King Jesus. salvation until you go God I'm a sinner I want to be saved I want the blood I want the Holy Ghost I want the kingdom King Jesus come on in I open up my gate I know you won't force it you won't control it and so I say God 
I lay down my kingdom. I want your kingdom. I lay down my emotion and I want yours. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Why do you read your Bible? Because I want to. Why do you preach the gospel? Because I want to. Why do you love your wife? Because I want to. Why do you forgive her? Because I want to. Why do you teach? Because I want to. Why do you pray? Because I want to. When God established his king, he raised up a king that wanted, that wanted what God wanted. Your kingdom come. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want your kingdom. I want heaven. I want revival. I want prayer. I want family. I want your word. I want it.
your glory. I want it. 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 Jesus. I want it. 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 I love those O's. Give me those O's. I love those O's. They will ask you, why did you bring me to church? Because I wanted to. Why do you pray? Because I wanted to. Why did you forgive me? Because I wanted to. Why did you let it go? Because I wanted to. Why did you prophesy? Because I wanted to. Why did you see restoration? Because I wanted to. Why do you worship God? Because I want to. Why do you do what you do? Because I want what he wants. I want it. I want to. Why do you read your Bible? Because I want to. 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 God says, I want to give you a want. I want to create a new, new heart. Take it. Take it. Take it. I want to give you a new heart. I want to give you a new want. I'm going to change what you want right now. I'm going to change what you want right now. I'm going to change what you want right now. Take it. I'm going to change what you want right now. Take it. What is it? I said, God, I don't like church, but I want to. God broke my heart for the church. What is it? I want to see family. I want to be able to put up with crazy people. What is it that you want? Do you want fresh words? What do you want? 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 Get your want right. Get your want right. Do you want fresh wisdom, fresh insight? What do you want? God says, I'm putting a fresh heart inside of you. When you read Psalms, you see David saying, God, give me what you want. Let your want be my want. Hey, let's baptize. Come on. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. Who do we got? Who's getting baptized? Paige. Paige, Paige you're awesome. You got anything to say? Come on. What's going on in your life? Um, <laughs> I don't know. You to serve God? Yeah. Yeah. Is Jesus real to you? That's awesome. You're incredible. Thank you. It's amazing. All right, come on, Paige. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, just touch Paige. Touch her family. Touch her whole world. Jesus. 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 He's changing our wants. Come on, Lord, we pray over this generation. Lord, we pray over the youth. We ask you to raise up some revivalists and raise up some evangelists. Holy Spirit, fill her up. Fill her up. Fill her up. Lord, even right now, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come on her. Come on her. Come on these young people, God. Lord, we thank you. Come on, sing over this generation. Pray over this generation. God, raise up young people. Come on, pray. Pray for the high school, college, young adults. God, give them courage. Give them grace. Give them anointing. Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hey, Libby, Libby, come up here for a second. Libby, come up here. 
I talked about mentors and teachers and coaches. Sometimes God will give you apostolic people in your life that will journey your entire life. Libby is one of those people. Some people will carry you to a certain place. Some people, that, that's over. Some people will be a spirit apostolic in your life. And I wouldn't be here without your husband, who's with Jesus. Jack and Libby helped me and Carrie even get together. And some of you are in this room because of her ministry. And there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's something in you that has impacted so many of us. And you honor that. And I just needed to, 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 to clarify, there are some people in your life that will be in your life forever. And make sure you really honor those people. Can we honor Libby Loman this morning? Just for being a woman of God, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, for being in our lives. We love you so much. Would you just pray for us and we'll just close. Father, we thank you today for the word of the Lord. We thank you for this house today, God. You've planted this house where you wanted them, Father. And God, we know, God, there's a new level, there's a new grade that's coming to this house. And God, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, for the impartation today. What do we really want? What do we want? God, we want you. We want the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We want Jesus to be magnified in our lives. We want souls for the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would cover this body with your love today, that you would cover this house with the anointing of God, that they will see you move in such a mighty way, God. Lord, you've used them before and you've used them right up until now, but God, we pray for that fresh oil of the Holy Spirit to come upon the pastors and the leaders of this church, that they will come and they will magnify you and they will see the glory of God filling this house, Lord. And God, we pray, God, even in this in Camus, Lord, beyond Camus, God, outside these four walls, we're asking you, Lord, for anointing to come for souls in this area. We claim this place for Jesus. We claim this area for Jesus. We say in the devil's face, you can't have these people. These people belong to the Lord. They're God. And Lord, we just call to the north. We call to the south. We call to the east. And we call to the west. And we say, let these people go because they're destined for kingdom. So God, we bless this house today. We bless them with prophetic mantle. We bless them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you are Lord over this house. And we declare today that this house wants what you want them to have. They want Jesus. They want Jesus. They want Jesus. So we thank you today. Bless them all in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for these people. We thank you for Pastor Kerry and for Isaac, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus for the blessing that been. But God, you're coming in a new way to do what you want to do through your servants. In Jesus' name, we say amen to the word of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Impartation. Impartation. There's an anointing. We got to get out of here. But if there's a young person under 30 years old, just raise your hands. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Under 30 years old, just someone lay hands on. There's just an anointing right now for young people to preach the gospel. Actually, young people, just get up here real quick. Young people, get up here real quick. Just get up here real quick. Young people, get up here. Get up here. 
If you got to go, get out of here. We love you so much. We just want to pray over these young people right now to begin to preach the gospel of fresh fire of the Holy Spirit, to preach Jesus right now in Jesus' name. Just receive it from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just fill up these guys right now. Fill up these young ladies, these young men in Jesus' name. Lord, high school, junior high, college, young adults, young marrieds. In Jesus' name, we ask you, Holy Spirit, fall upon them right now. Let a fire, Holy Ghost, come upon them right now. Lord, let them speak in tongues. Let the power, let rivers of living water begin to flow. Fear being broken, peer pressure being broken, lust being broken, fear of man being broken now. In Jesus' name, insecurities being broken, fresh confidence in who you are in God. He's about to set you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. When the power of the Holy Ghost comes on you, you will receive power to live, to walk, to serve, to preach. Lord, we ask you, raise up, Lord, a generation now, Lord, to begin to serve, to begin to preach, to begin to pray. God, raise them up. Raise them up. Give them strategies. Give them words. Give them creativity to reach their friends for Jesus Christ. God, we pray in this season, bless them and fill them. Fill them for everything that's been taken in the last two years. In Jesus' name. We're going to continue to pray. Hey, if you need some prayer, come on up here. We love you so much. We're going to pray up here. We're going to continue. This was part one of next week. Don't miss next week. This was a setup for next week. Come along and bring someone. We're going to pray for young people. We love them so much. Camp's coming up. Camp's coming up in August. In August. All right. If you need some prayer, come on up. Love you guys.